it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Iwoo Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to episode 4.17 of The Pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, one of the basketball coaches at Indiana Wesleyan. On today's episode, you'll join the team as they head to the national tournament. In the first half, you'll hear from the seniors about their mentality going in as a number one seed. In the second half, You'll hear from Coach T about where his mind and spirit was at for the team and what he shared as they left for the national tournament. We're joined again by our three seniors, Evan Maxwell, Trevor Waite, and Joel Okafer. And throughout the season, we've been hopping on at different points to talk about identity and what it means to pursue an identity in Christ, living the I Am Third life. And guys, we're really getting to the most tricky time when it comes to identity because in the world's eyes, Often what matters in a basketball season is what happens in March. So they don't care that we won the regular season and postseason tournament. They don't care we've been ranked number one. They're going to say, were you the champion or did you lose? Why do you think the world defines success this way? Uh, everybody, usually in the month of March, is whoever win, you know, win the national tournament. Uh, mostly from us being from last year, uh, winning it last year, everybody expects us to to come in in March and uh and then win the national tournament, knowing that we we've been ranked number one, um, one post, um, one the regular season game and the tournaments. Uh, a lot of people, uh, they judge you by, you know, did you go into the March, uh, into the tournaments and um, win it all? And if you don't, that means, um, you know, maybe you guys were not, you know, together, or people just make judgment of, um, whatever is going on in the team. Uh, but for us, we see that differently. Um, you know, we go into March um, knowing we want to be the most together team. Um, the time we spend with each other, uh, with our room, um, teammates and uh, coaching time and just as a team, um, even with our parents. And I think that's that's the way we see success more in March and just knowing like we go in and we give it all. Um, and then, um, you know, we, we don't see by you know, the wins and the losses, what we see by the relationship that we build with our teammates. But this is probably the toughest time to have that mentality because, again, everyone that talks about the season is going to talk about one game. What's the last game you played and what round was that in? So what do you guys remember about the mentality of the team going into the tournament and, and how we were really pursuing identity at that time? Um, I just feel like going into the tournament, it's, it's easy, like you said, to think about um, what everyone around is looking for or the fact that we won last year it's easy to go in thinking man how do we do this again and obviously basketball wise all the work we put into all years to prepare us for that moment so in a sense it's like all right we won this we won that but like who cares at the end of the day this is our ultimate goal and this is what we want to pursue um, but it's tough to balance going into the national tournament knowing I mean from what I learned my first year is that there's something so much bigger for this program in the national tournament and it's always what God has um, spiritually for you and just the way that I grew the year before. Um, so going into it, wanting to be intentional about the relationships, about my roommate, about the time as a team, um, and balancing that with, um, well, if we don't win, we're not good enough. If I don't do this on the court, I'm not good enough, or I need to do this for my team. 
Um, I definitely think it's tough, and especially with the number one seed um, going into it overall. You know there's a target on your back, and it can be easy to just focus on that. Um, but I think this program's a little bit different in, in that we don't just define ourselves by that. And even though it's hard, um, I just think the history of this program and the tournament and the way we start off every tournament with, with story time, um, sharing our experiences, um, it really just sets our mentality right for why we're there. Obviously, we're there to win games, and that's what we want to do. But at the end of the day, if we walk away and that's all we're defined by, then we didn't really get anything out of the tournament. But it's the spiritual growth that really um, adds another level to the program. And as you talk, I think of so many times in past national tournaments where there has been something bigger than just the outcome of a game that has mattered. Trevor, you've been through this three times. Why is the national tournament different for this program? Yeah, I mean, like you said, um, from an outsider's perspective looking in, you see the score uh, at the end of the game and you say, okay, well, they lost. They didn't have success. And it's like, no, we measure our success by what happened that week behind the scenes. Um, even when we win the national championship in my, the two years that we won when I was here, uh, it wasn't about you know the trophy. It was about what eternal unseen things happened during the week. Um, and it's just, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, um, but that's kind of what this podcast is, is explaining the unseen. So during the year, um, we had a devotion. Um, Coach T gave us a devotion about these uh, seen things and the unseen things. And, you know, going into, um, going into the tournaments, um, you know, people see the trophy, the national trophy, as the, as the same things, but um, they don't see the unseen things. And the unseen things are uh, the behind the scene, like, you know, the relationship we create and uh, the time we spend together and just digging in the world and, you know, spending those intentional time with our roommate. Those are the things that we, we really seek uh, as we go into the tournament, just really um, being able to, to, to leave those unseen things. And, and in my mind right now, I, I'm remembering a podcast that, Joel, you and Evan recorded last year where you guys had this moment at the national tournament where you went to a different level in your relationship, and listeners can go back and listen to that. But it really set the stage for your senior year of leadership, and it was something that happened be behind the scenes. And I know going this year, speaking of the unseen, Coach Tonogle gave a devotional about the unseen because it's a word that had been coming up time and time again throughout the year. And he challenged you guys. He said, for the next week, be Elisha for your teammates. Unlock something for your teammate in prayer that God wants him to focus on more than performance or winning. What do you think he was talking about there? Um, I think for me, that was big, especially because we had that <clears throat> and one experience where um, I was working with Luke and um, guys had different guys and trying to have a vision for them. So I think going into the week, it was important that um, we were in prayer talking about or talking to God about our teammates and what they had for the week. Um, and I thought it was really good for me just because it's easy going into a tournament like that to think about my own play or my, my own uh, opportunity with the team. But I think it really allowed me to focus on my other, on my teammates and just pour into them and pray that they would see what God has that's unseen for them rather than just myself. Yeah, so uh, piggybacking off of that, um, one thing that Coach T said in his devotional is he taught us the word Shema. Um, and this is a word that they used way back in Bible days, you know, when they were writing the Bible about um, it means when you hear the word, you don't just hear it. Um, but Shema means that you listen, you understand, and you act upon it. Um, and back then they had 
one word for all this. It wasn't, they didn't have the word, you know, listen, um, understand and act. It was all just expected that you shema. And so part of uh, praying for our teammates was that we would listen to God first, spend time in the word, you know, trying to hear what he was saying to us and then spend time discerning it, understanding it, and then uh, praying for our teammates. And that was a huge uh, pillar for this year was Shema. And it's really interesting the number of times throughout the year that that came to life and it actually led to fruit. And I think that's one of the things that even me, after going through this 12 years, I wrestle with. So I can imagine how listeners may be wrestling with this. What does that have to do with basketball? Because you guys are here to win a tournament. And and I think we would all say, having been in this program, we see time and time again how the things we do spiritually off the court translates to on-court performance. What do you guys think when you think of what, what does Shema have to do with us actually winning a tournament? I think it has everything to do with winning the tournament. Like, um, if you go into the tournament uh, on this team thinking only about basketball, then you're not going to come out successful. But if you go into the tournament with the Shema mindset, then you're going to be able to hear from the Lord what he wants out of the week for your team. Um, and then you can help put his will into action. And just like Trevor said, um, touch on the, um, like, being able to shema in terms of listening to Christ and being able to act upon it. Um, just a practical way. In basketball court, you know, we run plays and we have a game plan going in. And, you know, as a basketball player, it's our, it's our job to be able to go in and be able to listen to our coaches and carry out those plays. And that's just kind of how it works. Like, you, you, you pray to God and, you, you know, you put in the work and, he speaks to you. You have to listen to him and carry carry on the word. And the same thing as you go into the um, into the game, you have to do the same thing. You have, you have to be able to listen to your teammates or you know whatever plays um, we call at the time or and stuff like that. And a, a part of this, I think, what we've seen is we talk about the pressure of going in with the one seat on your back. But as you pursue an identity in Christ and your focus is there and then you're focused on others, this pressure can tend to naturally lift because your focus isn't on do we win or do we not win. There's actually a focus in another direction, and, and it seems almost that when we go to national tournament, the intentionality of spiritual growth becomes heightened at any other time because there's no distractions, there's no other relationships getting in the way, there's no homework. We're just locked in one thing and one thing only, and that's pursuing the I Am Third Life. Evan, in your two years, what has that meant for your performance on the court? Um, I just think, I mean, I've said it before going into a tournament, there's pressure, um, to play and it's like you have a set amount of games and if you lose one, you're done. Um, and so I think it's easy to have, uh, get, get wrapped up in the wrong things. But I think from my experience here, um, just what God did through the first tournament and obviously that first tournament ended on, ended on us winning. So it was like, kind of like we had to repeat the same thing for it to, to be special again, but um, the idea of seeing the unseen things was just knowing that no matter what happened, I didn't know ultimately what God wanted to do through the tournament. And I, sometimes I still don't know, and it's taken a couple months to see some of the things that he was doing. Um, but in the process, it was just, um, I think, being able to focus on my teammates and focus on other people. Um, and then just knowing that there was something much bigger than, than just games um, that really allowed me to grow. And even though it didn't end the way that we would have loved it to, um, I know for a fact that it ended the way it needed to because God had a greater purpose through it. 
And like you said, there, there is more than just the outcome of games at stake when we go to the national tournament. And we come back, Coach Tyler was going to come on and, and talk about that and also talk about this devotional he gave about the unseen and, and what he meant and how that played out. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture and a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one-minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group, who is building a culture of I Am Third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG President Trent Daly. Pursuing the I Am Third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. We're joined now by Coach Tonegal, and Coach, in the in the first half, we heard from the seniors about where we were at as a team heading into the national tournament. But before we get there, I want to go back to the last episode because you didn't get to reflect on the conference championship game and having Ernie Johnson in the house. Just go back to that game real quick and take listeners inside what you experienced that day. I'll always remember that as uh, probably the greatest atmosphere that we've had in Lucky Gymnasium. That was an absolute blast. Uh, Ernie obviously brought a lot of buzz, but. Our fans were crazy. They packed it out, standing room only. And uh, for our seniors to win their last game on their home court, that's pretty special. So we're playing well, and you had to be feeling pretty good about the team's efforts and performance, winning the Crossroads League Conference uh, Tournament Championship. How did you feel about how the team was playing at that point? Well, I mean, our, our league, is, as we've talked about, is such a good league with the, the great players and the great coaches. And so you, you survived the, the regular season, and we were co-champs with Spring Harbor. Then we talk about the conference tournament being another season, and uh, that's a grind. To win those three games, I mean, uh, that's almost like winning a national championship in our league. And so I was feeling really good till we woke up the next day and found out Joel had broke his hand. And uh, then it kind of shifted our minds a little bit, and we had to refocus everybody. Talk about Joel's performance, though, because he breaks it in the first half and continues to play and never says a word to anybody. He broke it five minutes into the game on the backboard. It got caught on a, on a I think it was an Anwan, and he kept holding it throughout the game, but he never flinched. He never made it an issue. And even that night at the end, trainer asked him how it was, and he just said, I'll be okay. He put a bag of ice on it. And that's Joel. I mean, he's tough as nails, and he's the heart of our team. And what when he woke up the next day, though, and he couldn't move it, and it was like a baseball sitting on top of it. We knew it was a serious injury. I want to go to another part, though, because uh, we've been talking off and on throughout the year about the unseen, specifically in Episode 7, and how it kept coming up throughout the, the year for our team. What does it mean to fix our eyes on what is unseen? And, and you gave a devotional to the team about how that was stirring in your heart heading into the national tournament. Well, for the listeners who maybe are just stepping in, Several of our players one morning at a workout had come across this verse, 2 Corinthians 4.18, where it says, For we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. And we didn't think it was just a coincidence that, that all of them did. We, we kind of felt like that was a charge for us to seek and to search out the meaning of this verse for us. Not, not just what did it mean back 2,000 years ago, what does this verse mean today? 
uh, for a basketball team. And that's the fun journey of coaching. And really, that's this idea of faith in basketball. Where does it intersect when the Word of God uh, intersects our lives in, in a season specifically? So the whole year we were asking this question, what does it mean? And as we neared the end, I remember just kind of wrestling, saying, God, I'm not sure we've unlocked this meaning yet. And what is it? And and there's that, that proverb that keeps coming up that says it's it's the glory of God to hide things but it's the glory of man to search them out. And so there's there's this treasure involved in, in seeking and finding things that God has for us. And they're not easy, but we don't want them to be easy because anything easy is usually not worth very much. So as a team, we were journeying. We're nearing the end. And uh, I just kind of had my heart burdened uh, with a devotion for the team. And I challenged the guys, just like Elisha in 2 Kings, he had seen something that his uh, servant had not seen, and it was amidst uh, a great time of adversity and battle. And he prayed a simple prayer, and it opened the eyes of his servant to see what he had seen, which was basically God's army encamped around them, saving them and, and fighting for them. And I just challenged our guys. I said, go be an Elisha in the next uh, 10 days of this national tournament. Your job is to unlock something in the eyes of your teammates. Go Go be uh, the spiritual eyes that they may not have. That may be praying for them. That may be encouraging them. That may be just just asking God, what does he have for them that they can't see yet? And we didn't know what it meant at the time, but uh, we sure uh, uncovered and discovered, I think, some really cool things. And we'll get to that in a moment, but I want to pause right there and and just ask you a little bit deeper on how you got to that point. Because uh, for a lot of coaches, that might seem uh, a little out there. How could I ever get to a point where I'm asking my team to think about the unseen, but this was something that was stirring in your heart. So what's the connection there about your own personal pursuit of God first, other second, and then when you get to that point where you know you have to take something in front of the guys? So I'm I'm just asking God, you know, what what he's, what's he speaking to me at that time? Because um, as we've talked about over and over, you can only shape people in the ways and to the degree in which you're being shaped. And so God was really kind of speaking to me about this unseen, and and there was something more for our team. I couldn't really put my hands on it. It was hard to articulate, so I began to pray um, and just really really ask God, what is it for this team? And and ultimately, he led me to this verse. And as I started to ask you know, how it applies to our team, it became more clear. And I uh, stood in front of the team, and, and it was more or less of a challenge. I was kind of passing them um, this challenge that I had. It, I didn't stand in front and give them an answer. I just stood in front and said, Here's a challenge. Let's see if we can then go pursue this. And it really pointed our team in a new direction. And we talk about God first, others second, myself third. And I, sometimes it's so easy for me to think I am thirds about starting with others second because that's nice, neat. Uh, people love to hear that. But unless we're rooted in Christ, unless He is our pursuit and He is, He has our whole heart and our focus and our minds, I don't think you can be others second and myself third. I truly can't. It. At least I've found for myself, it's it's very selfish. I, I use others because they're a means to my ends rather than they're just a, an end because I want to be a blessing to them because I've already been filled up. I've already been con- content. My needs have been met by God and God alone. And it's always easy after the fact, a couple months later, to look back and say, oh, of course, that's exactly what the team needed to hear. But in that moment, you don't know how God's going to play it out. And I, I have the quote here in my Bible app from Second Kings six seventeen and 18. On three three nineteen, you said, for the next week, be Elisha for your teammates. Unlock something for your teammate that God wants him to focus on more than performance or winning. And it's fascinating now on this side to look at that. It's intriguing even to say, wow, the way that came to life. And over the next five episodes, 
we're going to go inside uh, a game where something greater than performance are winning seemed to be unlocked in five different guys, and it was really a day full of worship on the court. So now, Coach, final thing, just as you look back, that makes sense, but in the moment, you had no way to predict uh, what would happen going forward. What do you think that means for a leader to, to know that God has something more for a team and to be able to say it before you know what how it's going to come to life? I think that's the... That's the journey of faith is we often step out without knowing the, the end result, but we know what we've been called to. And I knew God had burdened my heart. And my only job at that moment was to react in obedience. And when we take those small steps of obedience, I think over time what happens is we see fruit. And for the fruit, it was a, a team that journeyed, unlocked some things, and then experienced God in a new way. And, 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 and in a way in which I don't think they'll ever be the same. And they'll always remember that they encountered God at the national tournament that time on our next episode we'll begin a five episode miniseries on worship and basketball looking at the team's sweet 16 win against dakota wesley sometimes thinking of worship in a game can be confusing or intimidating but you'll hear from a different player in each episode and coach tonigal and his reflections on how worship came to life and how we believe that worship should happen in any context or environment god puts us in see you next time Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask IWU Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWUHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Hoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.